and welcome to this week's episode of Seen It All, where we break down this week's biggest movie and TV news, and the new movie of the week is Renfield, the Nicolas Cage vampire movie. And so, okay, so general thoughts first. Um, it was a solid, it was a solid movie, but nothing fantastic. Um, this is another for Universal in like the small, small to mid-budget range. They had Violent Night, they had Megan, they had Cocaine Bear, and now they have, uh, now they have Renfield. And I think Cocaine Bear is the standard all these movies have to live by. I love Cocaine Bear so much. It's still one of my favorite films of the year. And all these films, they usually do a 17-day window before going to PVOD and then to Peacock. And this working out real well, real well for Universal. And this is another one that pipeline. And I think it's pretty good. I think I like it better than Megan. But Cocaine Bear is still at top with Violent Night behind it. And this is probably in the third place right there. Um, I wish this movie was as funny as Cocaine Bear because that was amazing. I love how funny Cocaine Bear was. I was dying on the floor multiple times at Cocaine Bear. But that's what the the um the Renfield trailer promised. It was going to be super funny and it it really wasn't. But because it it gave away the best jokes of the movie save save for one joke at the end of the film that had to do with Nicolas Cage's like fate, his character's fate. Oh, it it got me laughing on the floor. But I need I want more of that because all the best jokes about like the um the therapist they went to about saying like why would you word gr- growing to true power when he was talking about Dracula it's like why would you word it that way that stuff got a laugh out of me but it that was like the best moments of the film and I wish they wouldn't have given that stuff in the trailer um Nicholas Cage is Dracula he's the He's the standout. Everybody's staying the standout. He's amazing. I love Nicolas Cage. He delivers in spades as a villain, but I wish he was in it the entire time. He also had some great makeup in the film. The only good makeup in costuming because the rest of the characters never had more than two drops of blood on them, even though bodies were constantly exploding. Like, can we at least try? I think it would be funnier if they were, like, constantly doused in, doused in blood, especially Aquafina and Nicholas Holt's character. It would have been, <laughs> they are just crushing, they are crushing through bodies. Like, one guy is hanging off the side of a pole, and then he just, Nicholas, uh, Nicholas Holst just jumps right through his body, blood explodes everywhere, and I wish it would have been funny if they were just completely, completely covered in blood, and they're getting all sticky and stuff, and he had, like, a bright, a bright rainbow sweater on, so I think it would have been even funnier, like, they could have done so much more with that, um, Nicholas Holt, though, he plays the main character, and he does, he does a very good job. He's a very good actor. I loved him in The Menu. He was okay in X-Men. I wish he had more to do in X-Men. He's great in The Great. He's great in The Great. And he does his action scenes well. He could have done a lot more with the comedy, I think, but that's just more on the writing part because he's a good comedian, and I feel like I wish I wish it was good. And then speaking of comedians, Aquafina, she did great in her action scenes as well, but it kind of felt like her character didn't really mold with the rest, and I wish she was funnier in this film, as I was saying. I wish everybody was funnier in this film. Spare Nicolas Cage, because he was amazing. He was amazing. Nothing needs to be changed about him. Uh, she's so funny in Crazy Rich Asians and uh, Shang-Chi and Legend of Ten Rings, and she's in a bunch of other things, like um, The Farewell. She's great in that. Not funny in that, but she's great. And I wish she was as funny as those films, because... I most of the stuff she said didn't really get a laugh out of me, and I wonder if it was just the script writing, her improv just wasn't on key this time, but something was off. And then actor I didn't like, Ben Schwartz here, who I love actually in Parks and Rec as John Ralphio, although sometimes he really gets on my nerves when he just constantly is in that show. But this isn't a digression about Parks and Rec, but he was the other villain in this film, and 
I got too much of him. I think I need Ben Schwartz in small doses because if he gets too much, he really grinds my gears and his voice gets annoying. And I feel like he was in this movie way too much. Um, his mom is also a villain in this film and his mom was so much cooler. And I feel like the actress did a great job and the part was much more interestingly written. And I feel like we should have focused more on her because she was like much better, much better. And definitely she was in control and I'd rather focus on the people that are in control not than the, not the idiots. <laughs> and Ben Schwartz is kind of idiot in this film. I mean, it's kind of what he always plays, but I feel like they could have given that part to someone else. Um, I do have to say there was a, that, um, oh, excuse me. I do have to say there was a lot more, um, action here than I expected. And it was pretty solid. I didn't see anything was too spectacular though. I think they had the, um, the, the coordinator, the stunt coordinator from Captain America Winter Soldier. So I was kind of expecting a little more when I heard that because there's nothing really that blows your mind away, um. But if you saw the trailer and liked it, then you will like this movie because that trailer is honestly like is perfect encapsulation of this movie. It has like a very small dose of cage at the end as Dracula. It shows off some of the important action scenes with him like cutting people's arms off with platters. Like that's your action scenes right there. And it shows a basic support group and themes in the movie about like toxic relationships and it has fun of the funny jokes when they're meeting up as the support group. But if you weren't so hot in the trailer, then I think you can just skip this or you can wait until it comes to Peacock. Um, I think, honestly, I'm measuring every R-rated horror comedy at this point by Cocaine Mare because if it can be better than Cocaine Mare, it's amazing. But if it's worse, eh, take it or leave it. Cocaine Mare is my standard now because I love that movie so much. So this will go, this goes way, a little go, way under Cocaine Mare, but still an enjoyable time in the movies. I wasn't ever angry at the film, just a little bored. There's some side plots about mob characters when I really came for Dracula. I came for Dracula. I think it would have been cooler if we focused more on his character and like their backstory, Renfield and his backstory. It's hinted at here with his daughter and his wife and why he left, but they didn't really fully delve it out, say how old Dracula was. They had a little flashback at the beginning that was like three minutes maybe with uh, some cool, it looked like old time, old time, like the original Dracula from the 1930s is how they filmed it. Or the, they must have just put a filter over it. They didn't film it that way. But I think if you did more with that, we could have had something here. We could add something here. But instead, they did, they talked, they wanted to focus on the criminal underworkings in New Orleans, which I mean, sure, all the cops are being paid off and stuff like that. You know how it goes. But. I feel like there's a really good 45 minutes in here focused squarely on Nicolas Cage's Dracula and Renfield's issues with Nicolas Cage and his need for a support group to get out of this toxic relationship. That's when the movie is great. But the other stuff about New Orleans and uh, mob families paying off police officers and Aquafina trying to go against the institution because her dad died because of the mobsters, it feels like we have seen that stuff a million million times before so there's nothing too crazy new and i wish they would have just focused on nicholas cage's dracula because he is the amazing he's on the poster he is selling this movie single-handedly and i love nicholas cage he made one of my favorite films of last year the unbearable way to massive talent get out there and go see that movie if you haven't and i just i want him to be in great movies and i want the cage i want a cage i want like keanu sons i want a cage to be here and i think he needs to be this is a great role for him and if the movie just focused more on him it would have been really, really great. We could have had something really special here. But for right now, it's a pretty good movie that's being bogged down by useless stuff. And then let's talk about other people's reactions. So right now, it has fallen to a 59% rotten. It started off pretty strong in the 80s, but as more and more came in, it got more and more rotten. And I don't think this movie is going to do too well in the theaters. Um, it's looking to open around 10 to $14 million off, I think. Was it a... I'm not sure about the budget, but it, was, it seemed pretty high. I mean, it looked like they spent a lot of money on this one, which I that looks pretty good. Um, Evil Dead Rise comes out next week, so it's another R-rated 
horror film. This isn't really considered a horror film, but it is rated R, and it's targeting that same demographic. So I think that's going to hurt it because Evil Dead Rise, has, as I'll talk about later, has great reviews, and it's from a known franchise, and... So I do, I feel pretty sure this this movie's not going to do particularly well. It's really going to find its stride though. I think on Peacock and PVOD. So I I recommend checking it out there. But now on to the next topic. Next up is let's talk about the box office of this past weekend. Um, Mario Super Mario Bros came out as you know. I gave my review of it last week, and Super Mario Bros is way way overperforming. I called it when it came out. Uh, because I could not believe how many people were at the movie theater on a Wednesday to see this film. I I love that. It, movies are back, and they're here to stay. Hopefully, this gives my local theater some money to to really make it a better movie-going experience. But I ain't getting into all that right now. But Mario looks to open without looks to open around two hundred and four million for the five-day opening. Remember, it opened on a Wednesday for the Easter holiday, and a three-day total of one hundred forty-six million. That would be the biggest opening of the year, above Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania, which opened $106 million, And it would be the biggest five-day opening of all time ahead of Transformers uh, Dark of the Moon, I think. Um, it also marks the biggest global debut of an animated film ever with $377 million worldwide. That's slightly above Frozen 2, which made $358 million, but that only had three days to hit the mark. So that's why it's kind of hard to measure worldwide openings because it's different films open in different territories at different times. But this is just a resounding success. It's already made more money than Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania, so it's already the biggest movie of the year. And what a testament to this IP and the Mario brand. Yes, I said the Mario brand because Illumination didn't earn this money. The Mario brand and its fans did. This movie was not the best, according to me, but some people are loving it because it just gives, it gets giving them their favorite characters and is doing justice to them. It's just doing justice to their favorite characters. And this film has until late May before another kid-friendly film with Little Mermaid enters the box office. And then I think it has until mid-June until another animated film comes out with Elemental. It's going to make so much money and it'll definitely, I think it's definitely going to join the Billion Dollar Club unless its legs collapse, but... I don't think they will with there's an A cinema score came out. People are loving this film. Some people are saying it's their favorite movies of all time. I said, I don't know what's up with that, but like everybody loves this film and it makes me happy for those people. And I love that people are getting out to the theaters, even if I don't personally adore the film. But the other big release of this week was Air, and I gotta say it's by far the better movie. I saw it again with my dad, and I just like Dungeons and Dragons. I liked it better the second time, and it looks and it overperformed as well with an 18 million three day weekend and a 20 to 25 million five day opening. This is great for a film, even if it has a super high budget. I think it has a budget close to 80 million. This um it I think it's it's supposed to leg out, and also with the NBA playoffs, you know people are gonna see a basketball movie during the NBA playoffs, and I know I'm getting my family to see it next week not just my dad i'm trying to get more people to go see it yes i convinced him to see it over mario they all definitely want to see it over mario and it also has excellent word of mouth it has an a cinema score as long along with mario so i think both these spring films are going to do quite well and then it's some people are pointing out this film is definitely going to lose money amazon is put, push, losing so much money on content right now they just want people signing up for prime they want people signing up to 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 uh, go to their movies and theaters because this is like their first big one so they're taking this as a win and i would too because i love matt damon and ben affleck so give them that win okay and i love this movie so and then i also have to mention that in dungeons and dragons honor among thieves my favorite movie of the year it's second weekend it got totally screwed by mario and it fell 63 percent to i think 14 million this really makes me wish they would have released this film elsewhere or even its original date of march 10th but they switched it with scream six and I think Scream 6 could have gone up against Mario and 
in its second week and a lot easier than Dungeons and Dragons had because it's kind of going with the same family market. And I really wanted to see I really want to see these Dungeons and Dragons characters again. And I'm honestly I'm planning on going to see this one for a third time. That's how much I love it. I really wish a movie like Mario didn't have to take out Dungeons and Dragons. But hopefully Paramount sees excellent world of word of mouth and Greenlight's a sequel, even if that is at a reduced budget. But I implore everyone who's listened to go out and see this film. You will not regret it. It's a perfect time at the movies, and it's definitely my favorite film of the year. And I really hope after this crashing at the second weekend, hopefully it'll have really small drops, and hopefully it'll make a lot more money. Because uh, there's no giant films coming out for this whole month, so I think it could. I think it can. I gotta believe. You gotta believe in it. And I really hope it does. Now let's start getting into all the trailers. There was so, so much stuff coming out this week. It would not stop, and... This is going to be a long episode, at least I think it is, unless I rush through all this. But first up is the Marvels trailer came out. Um, that's Captain Marvel 2, basically, but it's called The Marvels now, and I like that name. The poster looks great, as I said before, and it comes out November 10th. And I really like this trailer. I've rewatched it more times than I like to say I have, as I will take it about, as I will talk later about regarding the tra- trailer music. What a perfect pick for this film. Intergalactic by the Beast Boys. Oh, it fits so perfectly with the tone they're going for in this trailer. It looks like such a fun movie. That's what I want. I just want a fun movie. And this is getting less of Captain Marvel 2 and more Miss Marvel, but on the big screen and with a much bigger budget. And I do wish that we could see more of Captain Marvel because I th- but because they really focus on Monica in this trailer and Miss Marvel, which I think Miss Marvel is a comedic relief and they're gonna everybody loves that show, so they're probably gonna get all her fans to go see it. But I think you actually need, need to focus on your main character because most people who go and watch the Marvel movies haven't watched the TV shows and Monica and Miss Marvel are from the TV show. So I'd focus on your billion dollar character if I was editing if I was a trailer editor, but Maybe they're just hiding a lot of her character from the trailers. So I just I just hope she leaves that. And then I love Miss Marvel showing up here. She got a laugh out of me out of me every time she was on screen. Her reaction to Goose the Cat when he eats those people, the flurkin, oh it got me cracking up. And she had a great reaction to that. And I'm glad we are seeing the Miss Marvel's family again. They look great too. And then Monica's powers, they look really great here. And she gets a lot of focus in this trailer. And I like her interaction with Furry. Furry. Fury. <laughs> Nick Fury, and I'm curious if this will take place before or after Secret Invasion, but it looks like a very different Nick Fury from that show, but maybe Secret Invasion leads right in the film, so I'm not entirely sure, but Nick Fury seems acting a little bit differently. Um, some of the action scenes look great too, with the three of them using their powers all together, so the three switch places every time you use their powers, so they switch while they're fighting the villains, and it looks it looks really cool how they can team up like that. I Hopefully, the director can run with this and make it like very part of the story part of the action scenes and really pay it off and i think it looks like they're they're doing that and then the villain looks to be to be wielding the same weapon as ronin from the first guardian so it looks to be like a kree villain with like the um he was like an executioner or something but they're definitely hiding most of the story for the trailer which is what they should this came out the trailer came out seven months before the film comes out so this is like the earliest they released a marvel trailer in a long time i wonder why they released it so early with like no big movies i thought they would probably save it till guardians or little mermaid but they released it pretty early which i mean i'm not complaining about it gives me more stuff to talk about but i'm still i'm a little kerfuffled by that um i'm curious to see what role nick fury and his new group it was sword i think like the new shield was sword from from WandaVision, but they were kind of corrupt. But the ship here is called Saber, so that might might be the new group. But I don't think he'll be in it as much as the trailer implies, nor how much he was in the first film. And then I hope they show some scroll action here, just like in the first film, unless that's like completely closed out by Secret Invasion. But I think Marvel, Miss Mar- uh, Captain Marvel, and then the Kree relation to scrolls is kind of vital to her character. So hopefully, they don't 
close the book on that in a TV show. But yeah, honestly, this was the type of trailer I was expecting for this film, and it delivered. I hope the next trailer wows me. Like they need like a wow moment and focuses a little more on Captain Marvel because it is her movie, and she has some of the best powers in MCU with her glow, her just glowing and destroying ships. So if they can make this film as good as the poster that I've already talked about, it's just a beautiful poster. And if they can make the movie as good as the poster, yeah, I'm I'm saying that. Then I think we're gonna be okay. <laughs> and then uh, next up, uh, Warner Brothers. And now has announced their new streaming plans. And this is for their new and improved HBO Max, which is now going to be called just Max. The one where the one where HBO is. It's such a bad name. <laughs> they just dropped dropped the HBO and now it's Max. They I think they don't want to degrade the HBO brand with their awful Discovery content, but you didn't have to put the Discovery content on there. They're they're getting rid of HBO Max, but they're keeping Discovery Plus, so they're making Max with Discovery on it, but they're still Discovery Plus, and it's still as confusing as ever why they're ta- they are taunting that they're trying to make this easier for the consumer because they are confused. You're making them confused. Just keep HBO Max. It has brand recognition. Also, this new Max color is is awful. The color of it's awful. The purple for HBO Max was perfect. It differentiated it. It looked great. Every other service is blue. You got Paramount Plus. You got Prime. You got Facebook. You got Twitter. Disney Plus, their biggest competitor besides Netflix, and they all have blue. And now you're giving us another blue one. I'm. It just makes me so angry. Why? There's a reason they're differentiating, and it just all creates incredible brand confusion. Like I said, everyone has been custom to saying, to saying. Oh, it's just on HBO. That's what I say to my friends. I just say, oh, it's on HBO. I don't go HBO Max. I go, it's on HBO. And it's just, oh, it just really rubs me in the wrong way that they're taking these. And then they also talked about, they talked about how they're they're doing stuff. Like they're doing specific recommendation tailored to you. They're doing inline video, which I, I honestly hate the inline video because I'm just trying to sit there and scroll through. And I don't like noise coming out while I'm trying to scroll through. It's very annoying. And I'm like... They're taunting, they're taunting this as like it's state-of-the-art things when literally every other streaming service has this. So their just whole presentation yesterday really, really rubbed me the wrong way. But they did announce some new shows. There was a new Game of Thrones spinoff about a knight and his squire. Um, I'm not exactly... Duncan Egg, I think, is the name in the books. But George R. R. Martin has not finished writing the series yet, so I think he needs to finish that before we move on to a series because... If we start on a series, he's never finished that book. I don't think he's even ever finishing the actual Game of Thrones book. He's insane. He's so lazy. Just finish it, George. Just finish it and stop going on podcasts. Just finish it. But honestly, I want to see more of the higher level of Inso Westeros rather than like a small spinoff show. Give me the Aegon show I talked about, I think, last week or the week before. Or something about the mysterious Valyria where they all came from. Just give me some more of this high-level Game of Thrones stuff. I don't want to be stuck on the bottom with the... What is it? Um, Oh. I can't remember what it's called, but the the area where all the poor people live. I don't want to be with him. Let me get up to the high-level crap, because that's where the interesting stuff is, and that's where the dragons are. <laughs> and then they also confirmed the HBO Harry Potter reboot that we talked about. They didn't even say it was HBO. They just called it a Max original. It better be HBO. Please make it HBO. I want Casey Bloys working on this, because he's incredible, and he's made some of the best shows of all time. And he, this needs to be HBO, not just a Max. And I've already given my full thoughts about this in last week's episode, but, man, so many people are hating on this, and... I, as I said, um, I'm not, like, hugely against this, so, I mean, I'm just keeping it a positive outlook, at least I try, because that's, with this company, this is, like, this is not the worst thing they've done, so maybe that's why it's making me positive, and I also want to put this out in the world that I really want to see Adam Driver play, play Snape, please make that happen, if you're listening to this casting director, please make that happen, if you don't, I will be very upset, 
And then Penguin, the Batman spinoff, dropped his first teaser. And honestly, it just looks like a Sopranos Batman show, which my mother and they love Sopranos. I still haven't watched Sopranos, but they love Sopranos. And it didn't really show anything at all. So I honestly, I didn't really enjoy this trailer. It did nothing to raise my, my already low excitement for the Penguin. Um, I enjoyed the Batman and the Penguin in it, but I didn't really need a whole spinoff focusing on him. And from what I've seen, it kind of just looks like more of the same, which I wasn't incredibly fond of. The Peng- Like, I liked Penguin in the movie, but his storyline didn't really love it. So it's like, I don't know if I need a full TV show of this. And this trailer definitely didn't get me excited for it. So yeah, I think this announcement definitely needed a bit more pizzazz. Their main announcement got leaked last week, but as it stands... Why are we doing this? I don't think anyone who has HBO Max right now is dying for Discovery content to be on there and vice versa. Discovery Plus should have never bought Warner Brothers after the crap shoot that was this past year. And I really hope they don't drive this company into the ground because this is not the right step. And then I'm glad the market doesn't think either because the stock dropped 6%. So at least at least everybody else is recognizing it. Uh, I really don't want to. It looks like they're priming this to be sold to Universal. And I just don't want more consolidation in the, in the entertainment sphere. Like, I don't want any more monopolies, okay? Just keep everybody separate because then we have more content coming out. And if they sell to Universal, that's going to be a big issue, I think. Just keep Warner Bros. separate. Um, now, let's get into the Star Wars Celebration news. That was the big convention this past weekend. And man, did it deliver on the announcements. One panel, honestly, delivered all the announcements. But I want to start off with the non-Star Wars news first before we desire, before we delve into all the Star Wars stuff. And that is the Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny trailer. First of all, I have to say, while I really love the trailer... The music that played over the trailer is not good. It was uh, Sympathy for the Devil. And, and why are we using that in an Indiana Jones trailer? Um, they, I think they're trying to set the tone of the 60s, but still, it just seemed very off for an Indiana Jones film. It did start to, it, The music did get better when I started playing the actual Indiana Jones theme because like that gets my emotions going. That's what I love. And I love the end of the trailer much more than the beginning just because of the song choice. Honestly, I gotta say, song choices are a big part of tra- trailer reactions. And as you saw, I loved the Marvel's music, trailer music, and I really love the Ahsoka trailer music, and I think it just, trailers, music's a very important part of trailers, and here, not so much, it doesn't work very well, but I honestly don't have too much to say about this trailer, because I'm not the hugest Indiana Jones fan, I think all of the films are great, yes, even to, uh, even Crystal Skull with uh, Temple Dune is definitely my favorite, just because of that minecart sequence, but um, I like Phoebe Waller-Bridge's role here, and Mads Mikkelsen is playing an awesome villain, which is his usual. He knocks those out of the park. And the action scenes look real here because they are, um, there's no volume for this film. Uh, the volume is like the screen that they film Mandalorian on, and you can definitely tell it's a scream sometime. It worked really well in the first season because we all didn't know what it was. But after they pointed it out, I can't, I can't stop unseen, and I don't want everyone to use it. Like, it looks like they used it for the Marvel some bit. Looks like they used it better there, but they just... Let's go back to the real sets. No green screen. Let's just do, let's do the real sets. Let's spend the let's spend the money. Let's spend the money. And I can't wait to see some of the action scenes play out in Indiana Jones. The train sequence looks really cool, and so does a horse scene through the city, which they said they filmed for real on a horse, and looks cool. And it looks good for. I'm just happy for Harrison Ford because he actually looks happy to be acting. He kind of went on a stream there where it looked like he was phoning in every role, he, every role he took. But maybe Indiana Jones got him back on his game because he looks to be having a blast here in his favorite role of all time. Uh. He's going to be in uh in Captain America 4 next, so as General Ross, or President Ross, so hopefully he'll bring that same energy to that role. At least one can hope. My grandparents are going to love this movie, and I can't wait to watch it them because they love Indiana Jones films. And I also have to say I'm curious how time travel will play a role in this film because I think they're hiding a lot of the time jumping that will take place. We really have only seen one scene with young, with young Indy, but I think there are many more that have been hidden in the movie. 
we saw some Trojan soldiers on set, so I'm curious how that all that will play out. Also, with James Bond in a recent um in a recent film, I won't give spoilers. They had both their main characters die, and I wonder if they're gonna kill off the, their main character in this Indiana Jones film. I think it's a high probability that they do because Harrison Ford says this is the end for Indiana Jones character, and this is the end of Jones character and they are not rebooting it while he is still breathing he will not let anybody else play this character and I find it just you go Harrison Ford you go Harrison Ford now let's break down let's get into all that Star Wars news first up the Ahsoka trailer Ahsoka is honestly one of my favorite Star Wars characters she's right up there with Kylo Ren who I'll talk about in a minute and this trailer delivered on all of my hopes and aspirations for this series. Um, first of all, I have to say my two highlights were one, the lightsaber action. They're finally giving us the Jedi versus Sith fights that we've all been waiting for and thought we would get more of Obi-Wan, which we ended up got getting. We got like two, two, maybe three duels, but it looks like it's happening here. Second, the music was perfect, as I said earlier, for this type of story. They had the crescendoing uh, tone. They had the crescendoing, I can't speak, <laughs> the tone that, it really filled me with a sense of anticipation. This is basically Star Wars Rebels Season 5. I don't remember too much about the series. It was kind of a COVID binge for me, and I kind of watched it while doing homework and doing stuff, but I do remember the good stuff, particularly any scenes with Ahsoka in it, because she's amazing. And then Sabine, she grew on me throughout the series, but the only character I truly loved besides the Clone Wars holdovers was Hera, and Hera's back! Hera is back! Um, she's going to be played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and Hera always felt like an actual adult, while the other characters were little children. I mean, they were children, and they acted like children, so Hera also has an awesome ship, that being the ghost, and I expect her son to show up here, but thankfully, he will be old now, so Hera can still get in on the action. I don't want her to just be playing mother throughout the whole series, and I can't wait to see more of her, but I don't think she'll have as big a role as Sabine. I feel like Sabine's going to be like the main supporting actress, and Sabine, she wears Mandalorian armor that is very visually distinct from the others. It's like hot pink and those types of colors. It looks really cool. Um, as I said, though, she's never been my favorite character, but since they have aged her up here, I'm definitely more excited. Although, I do have to say, I really liked her short hair much better than long hair here, because long hair looks like very much like a wig, but I feel like the short hair, I think in some of the the behind-the-scenes, it looks like she has short hair, so maybe she'll start off with it, or she'll end up with it, but who knows, but honestly, it doesn't really matter. Just make her likable and write her interestingly, way, write her way better than Star Wars Rebels, please. <laughs> but now let's talk about the villains of the show. It looks like the specific main antagonist of the show will be Inquisitors, just like in Obi-Wan. That was honestly a part of the show that I loved a lot. I loved the idea of Inquisitors, and the three that have shown up here look really freaking cool and look to deliver in spades on those lightsaber fights. Bring it on. But the bigger threat here is Thrawn, which has been confirmed will be played by Lars Mikkelsen, who voiced him in the animated show. And it sounds good to me. Um, he, I think he did a pretty good job in the animated series. As I said, I don't remember a ton about that show, but he, he was pretty evil hopefully they'll give a little more depth to him here which i think they will but i don't think we're going to see a ton of him here in the series especially with the movie that just got announced as i talk about in a minute but i think the show will end with ahsoka reaching him and ezra as they went missing together in the show so it's definitely going to set up the future i am honestly i would say much more excited about the show than i am season four of mandalorian right now if that if that i can't believe that's happening honestly like Mandalorian was one of my favorite shows of all time, and this season kind of let me down. I, I really like this recent episode, but it doesn't make up for the season that's kind of been a letdown. But this trailer promises a lot, and if we can deliver on that, oh, I can't wait for August to get here. But I wish it came out over the summer and not when school starts back up. Life gets so crazy. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm very excited. Very excited. Definitely the best trailer that I saw this week. 
And then now let's talk about the three new movies. The three new movies that they got they announced. Let's talk about the first one. That one is being a film directed and written by Dave Filoni that will wrap up The Mandalorian, Boba Fett, and Ahsoka stories all in one movie. This got the biggest reaction on me because this this is exactly what I want. There are certain things that just aren't feasible in the television space, and using a film to go out with a big bang for all these shows is what they need. Um, I will talk about it later, but in Mandalorian, when they're retaking a planet, it's like 100 people. And if they had a movie budget, you could make that like almost a thousand which is what they need so hopefully this big budget will let them do that and i like this i like if they can end with an awesome film i like that idea better than dragging these shows out forever i'm curious if this will still mean they'll do a mandalorian season four but honestly who knows i kind of want this film as soon as possible but i also i really love this pocket of the star wars timeline with all these characters it's honestly probably my favorite star wars like timeline and set of characters out there even more than the original trilogy, even more than the sequel trilogy. We're not going to talk about the prequel trilogy, but even more than that. And um, I don't, <laughs> even if I don't love every show that comes out, I still, it's still my favorite. It's still my favorite. And I love seeing these characters. But I do have to say, I hope they're able to have fans watch this film without having seen all three shows and probably the animated shows like Star Wars Rebels and Clone Wars. To be, and I want them to be able to understand what's happening here. If they can pull this off like an Avengers, an Avengers film where you don't have to see anything before this, I think we I think we could be in for something really special, and I want to be able to take my pants without them being like, what's happening? What's happening? I want to take to a good Star Wars film that you don't have to rely on seeing 20 TV shows, so hopefully Dave Filoni will, will take that in stride and actually use that advice, but I just can't wait, and Dave Filoni talked about how he loved opening Space Fight and Revenge of the Sith, Revenge of the Sith, and I really hope we get to see something of that scale in this film. Give me some, give me some great, great Star Wars action scenes. Give it to me. I miss Star Wars on the big screen. Give it to me. <laughs> and then another bomb that dropped at Star Wars was the announcement of a Ray movie. And this is going to be coming from the director of Miss Marvel. She'll be helming this film that will focus on Ray Skywalker 15 years after the events of Rise of the Skywalker. And this is exactly what the character needs. I absolutely adore Ray, and I love The Last Jedi. I love The Last Jedi. Force Awakens is pretty good. And I even kind of like the Rise of Skywalker. Um, I. Rise of Skywalker, like, screwed up. I, I enjoy it, but also, like, it retconned everything that I loved in Last Jedi. I wanted Rey to be a nobody. Let Rey be a nobody. Can we retcon the retcon, please? Because Rey and Kylo were, like, the best parts of this. And Last Jedi was incredible. I love Ryan Johnson. And all that hate that film got that made them retroactively talk take back everything Rise of Skywalker was just... It's such a mess. Don't listen to those people on the internet because they all suck. They all hate... They will hate whatever you do, Star Wars. So don't you ever ever give in to what they say same with the marvel stuff with people actively right when it drops they actively hated it calling it mcu and stuff don't ever give those people anything because they don't deserve it they are the bottom of the barrel and no one could concede to them they like edited nipples onto brie larson in their thumbnails it was just so gross what they are doing what they're doing talking about these women and these characters it's just awful and no one no one should ever watch those videos they shouldn't even be allowed to talk online they should <laughs> they're just hate channels and it's just awful and you know something nice to say you can give your criticism, but don't be going out there and actively attacking these actresses because I know Daisy Ridley. She got attacked hard. People, uh, Rose Tico, she got attacked hard. The actress who played Rose Tico, she's Kelly Marie Tran. She got bullied off of Twitter. Same with what just happened with Ariana DeBo DeBo DeBose. I'm not sure how to pronounce her name with her rap she did about Angela Bassett and stuff like that. She got bullied off. Can we just stop doing that to these people? We raise them, as like what Air was saying, we raise them up on a pedestal. And as soon as they get to a certain point, everybody turns on them. They're like, oh, they're overexposed. They're too good now. I don't like them now. And you just, we just tear them down and like, stop, stop doing it to these people. It's just, it just makes you so angry. And I really hope, 
others can be recept- receptive to her character this time. Like, give Ray a chance. If you didn't like the first time, just come in here with a new mind or don't. Don't see it. Don't see it. Can we please just, like, all get along? And if you don't like something, that's fine. Just stop spreading the hate, please. Uh, sorry for that little rant there, but it just makes me so angry seeing all this hate these people have to go through for no reason. It's insane. It's insane. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But don't be actively telling these people they should kill themselves and stuff like that. This is, you're just an awful person. If you do that, you're an awful person. <sighs> but I also have to throw this out there that I really want to bring Kylo Ren back. As I said earlier, he is my favorite character. And I just love, I love Adam Driver. I love this role. Favorite character of all Star Wars, honestly. And then Ahsoka's probably close second. It's amazing. And I think them starting the Jedi Order together would be fantastic. We could see really balance at the Force. I really hope we see the evolution of Grey Jedi to keep the Force balance. Um, if we have too many Jedi, then the universe will send like a ton of Sith. So please give me some Grey Jedi with some, some of the Grey Jedi that are more towards the Sith, some of the Grey Jedi that are more towards the light side. And that's what I honestly identify as like right in the middle like I don't like those Jedi values I want to find a love I want to kill someone if they're evil okay honestly like someone could have should have killed Palpatine okay <laughs> and I also have a yellow lightsaber just like Ray. so do this great Jedi stuff for me Ahsoka is supposed to be a great Jedi but in the trailer it called her a Jedi which is like not the same thing so I really hope Dave Filoni didn't throw away that de- defining feature of Ahsoka but I never thought we would see any of the sequel trilogy characters again I'm glad to say I was wrong because I can't wait to see them again. And I see so many little girls dressed up as Ray for Halloween, so I gotta shout out them. And this film is definitely for them. And I, so even if you hate Ray, just don't just don't see the film if you hate her. If you're just gonna see it and then continue to hate, if you're already coming in with a pre-existing mindset of I'm gonna hate this, don't see it because I don't want to have to hear what you have to say. If you come in and you didn't like it, that's okay. You just gotta come in you know, with an open mindset. That's what I try to do with every film, although it's a struggle sometimes. But you come in with an open mindset. Don't come in with pre-existing notions. And I just, I don't want to get debacled in all this Star Wars drama again. Can we all just be, can we all just be chill? Okay. And Star Wars Celebration, it kind of gave me some hope because everybody there seems so nice and pleasant. So those people that are hating on every film, they are a very small, small minority that just speak the loudest. So just ignore them, please. And if they come and harass you, just ignore them. Their voices don't matter because they are all so stupid. <laughs> but now let's move on. Move on to the next, the third movie that's announced. Um, this is the only news I have a little trepidation about. Uh, James Mangold is announced a movie. He's the director of Ford versus Ferrari, Logan, and the upcoming Indiana Jones film. And he's a fantastic director. And it was announced that he'll be making a film that will show the origins of the Jedi about 25,000 years ago. And I think this idea has merit, but they have to be extremely careful um, I hate the idea of midichlorians in the prequel, prequels, and I think that sometimes the answer, the mythologies, are best left unexplored and remaining a mystery. But if if it shows like two characters that have a falling out and become the first Jedi and first Sith, I think it'd be like a really cool idea. But like I don't want to write it for them. I remember coming, you don't come in with pre-existing notions. But I'm still not sure. But at this point, I have tremendous faith in James Mangold. Kathleen Kennedy has also she's seen Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, so she probably knows it's a fantastic movie and is giving him this because of that. So if he stays attached to this film, then I am excited. James Mangold is also working on a Swamp Thing movie for DC for the DCU and said that he will start filming whichever one gets done first. Please let this film be the one that gets done first because I am much more excited about a new Star Wars film than a DC one. So Kennedy, please get the ball rolling on all these films. But this goes without saying at this point that don't believe that all these films are going to happen with Kennedy's background. So definitely take these announcements with a grain of salt because of her track record. Taika Waititi's movement is set, movie is said to be still happening. But then it says, we'll do it one day. 
they didn't address it at all during the celebration, but like it just sounds like that movie is not happening anymore. And I just want Star Wars to be on the on the big screen again. <sighs> also, I have to toss out that they showed off a huge new timeline that products will take place. Um, starting off with like the creation of the Jedi all the way up to the newer to like the fall of the First Order and the start of the new New Republic or whatever they called it. And I think this could be very confusing for non-hardcore Star Wars fans like my family and my friends. Um, and I really hope they add some graphic or something to help everyone understand what time period we're in in each story. Because while Marvel and DC, they mostly stay in a straight line. While Star, Star Wars, though, they jumps around all the time. And it's sometimes confusing. I have to tell people before I start stuff like, oh, this takes place in between this movie and this movie. And I think that could really confuse a mass audience. So definitely try to keep the mass audience on board as much as possible. That's where all the money comes from. And I don't... I, I hate being confused at movies, and I know a lot of stuff. And so if I get confused, that means a ton of people are more confused. So don't confuse the mass audience. And then it's also said that they're going to be trying to get the Ray film done first. That script is said to already be written, although the Mandalorian one can come out first. But that all depends on the timeline of season four and Ahsoka and stuff like that. If they do a second season of Ahsoka, whatever. But it looks like the Ray of the Mandalorian film is going to be first. And then last up, this is non-Star Wars Celebration news, but... We're going to talk about Mandalorian Episode 7, and this review contains spoilers, but it's the last topic of the day, so if you want to check out now, do so. But let me just give you quick thoughts. It was great, so go watch it, but let's get into the spoiler thoughts. After what I said with Episode 6 and my disappointment with this season, this episode comes out. They played they played this for the audience at Star Wars Celebration, and thank you, thank you everyone for not spoiling anything. But let's get right into the breakdown, starting off with Moff Gideon's return. Man, I wish he showed up earlier in the season, but he is really trying to spearhead the entire Empirical Return. I think Thrawn is probably going to either take him out or he will take Thrawn out and Shepard and Snoke. Either way, they're both dying. They are not sticking around. And I think Thrawn will be the main villain of the ma new Mandalorian verse movie directed by Dave Filoni that I just talked about. But who knows? Who knows who'll be the main villain? I love Moff Gideon, so like, I kind of like Moff Gideon more than Thrawn at this point because Thrawn in the anime show is not as good as, Mandalor as Moff Gideon in Mandalorian live action. But we also hear, also see here the group trying to take Marine, uh, trying to retake Mandalore, and as I said earlier, you think they would have a bigger group than what 100 people to retake an entire planet? But we see them get back to their home planet. Of course, a monster comes out of nowhere and attacks them, forcing them down the forge where they meet the stormtroopers. It always, it's always a monster. Um, but this is where the episode becomes truly sensational and have some of the best moments in the entire show. We see an awesome action sequence with the Beskar-infused stormtrooper armors. Armor, the armor that they're wearing that they look like they're all morphing into the first order troopers but it's great for the man for the um for the mandalorians to actually meet there and match and you see some of them actually die so it's like there's actual conflict and then we also see moff getting some moff getting get some amazing beskar armor and understand why there was beskar when he escaped his his like the ship from earlier in the season so it paid off that um, but the real stand on this episode was the sacrifice that paz Vizla made at the end of the episode it was so cool seeing praetorian guards show up and there was a ton of people out there who said the sequel trilogy was going to get retconned by this show or something. And it's so funny seeing that it's not happening. Th th their sources are blowing up in their face. And it's it's making me very happy that they're, like, actually continuing to build this universe. And they don't – if you retcon one thing, you're going to – you can retcon it all. That se second fans start to hate on it. So I like that they're actually – this buildup is makes the sequel trilogy better because there's, like, somehow Palpatine returned. If we're actually going to spore – explore what led up to that i think it makes those movies better retroactively so this is all just great in my mind and mandalorian he gets captured and i hope grogu uses his new ig11 suit to get him back in the next episode um some are theorizing they will kill him off 
Din Djarin that is, and that just can't happen. Please, I want him to be in the movie. And also the title of all this, also the title of this week's episode was The Spies, and we see Elaine, Moff Gideon's spy in the beginning, and I think the other spy will turn out to be the armorer. Um, she oddly got away before the Mandalorians were attacked. It looks like she has a helmet of Death Watch, a Mandalorian terrorist group from the Clone Wars. So they have a lot to conclude next episode. And I don't think they're going to have enough time. They never do with these shows. And I wish, except for maybe season two and season one, that was great. Um, I wish this episode had happened earlier in the season instead of us wasting time on meaningless subplots. I just really want the finale to be good and then make a great Ahsoka, sh- Ahsoka show, a great season four Mandalorian, and an epic movie to cap it all off. Please, we're in the home stretch here. Let's make all this stuff great, please. <laughs> but that'll do it for all the Star Wars news we have right now. But I just want to touch on what we're having coming next week. Next week, Evil Dead Rise is a new release at the theaters. And I'm still debating whether or not I'm going to see this film. Um, one, it's getting excellent reviews, and that is the only thing that is drawing me to this film. I have never seen an Evil Dead film, and from what I've seen, it looks to be, like, those films look to be, like, a comedic blast, and this movie definitely does not look comedic at all. Um, some of the stuff shown in the trailers is just, like, too much for me, from the eye violence, like, the cheese grater going across someone's leg. I, I think I can handle it, but I don't know if I want to subjugate myself to that. But if it holds the amazing reviews it has right now, then I, that might just motivate me to see it. But... That'll do it for this week's episode of Seen It All. Have you seen any of these new, any of the new major releases? You most likely have seen Mario, and so, yeah, definitely know what you think of Mario. And join me back here next week. I may give my review of Evil Dead Rise, but don't count on it. And make sure you check out me on social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at Seen It All Podcast or Seen It All Show. You can find us there, and I hope you enjoy this back next week. Thank you all for listening. Have a good night. Bye-bye.